Welcome to Backyard Bets. I am Jacob Brown, joined by Tyler Fabian. And today we're going to go over the game in college football, talk about the college football playoffs, and then all the mayhem going on in the NFL as well. So first of all, we just got to start out with this. And, you know, I we, we always plan for the show. You know, we don't just go in dry, even though it, most of the time it sounds like it. Uh, you know, we're always questioning what we said the, the week before. Um, you know, there's times when our preparation might not be, be apparent, but, uh, you know, we do think about it before the show. And uh, Tyler specifically had a, a really interesting thing to say before about the outlook of the college football playoffs and uh, uh, what it's going to look like uh, heading in. Okay, so we were kind of talking about this before, as you know. You, you know my theory. Let me start this by saying, you know, going in right now, it, it's going to be Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC. Obviously, USC and TCU got to win. Uh, uh, I am rooting for Alabama to get into the playoffs. Like it or not, oh, I am rooting for to get into the playoffs. Why? Because I want some better matchups into the playoffs. I don't think TCU is going to perform super well. They spent this outside of the Iowa State game, they spent the better half of their second season coming back in the second half in order to win games. USC is on a roll. I got to give them credit. They showed up, they played very well, and they looked good against Notre Dame. I'm still not sold on their defense. However, I do want USC in the playoffs. I've loved TCU all the way. I'm rooting for Alabama to make it in the playoffs. And this is going to sound bizarre. But I want Michigan to be ranked number one in the country, and I want Alabama to be ranked number four. Jim Harbaugh and Saban reportedly don't like each other. They talk crap about each other, and I want Saban to get a month to prepare and go kick Harbaugh's ass. Yeah, well, this this is uh, the fantasy world of Tyler Fabian that we all just uh, listened to right there. Uh, that is never going to happen, uh, and I don't even know if I'd want that to happen. Why do you want Nick Saban to come back and win again? I don't know that that's not that's not a fantasy to me. I could care less about that that whole thing to be honest with you. I just want some good games in the playoffs. Um, I, Michigan, props to them. They had a big win. Um, Ohio State looked like crap last weekend. Um, Ryan Day, you know, has been saying for the last year. I've been talking about how that's the game they have to win, and they didn't even show up for it. I get Michigan performed. Um, everyone wants to talk about how good JJ McCarthy is and everything. I, I, yeah, he had a good game, but uh, it's not hard to yeah, miss Yeah, he had a good game, exactly. He had a good game, but it's not hard to miss passes when your guy's wide open by 20 yards because the cornerback are falling down. You take away the three big plays he hit, yeah. he's through for 74 yards in that game, and he was 9 for 21 or something like that on the 74 yards. I really still am not impressed yeah. by him as a quarterback. Yeah, he, he needs to do more. I mean, he's been there all this time as a five-star quarterback, and just now we're looking at him being like, oh, he can throw a deep ball? So uh, it, good for him. It was a good game, and you, you dethroned Ohio State for the second year in a row. But, you know, I know you hate Michigan and everything like that, uh, and that's you're very strong about it. You know, I root for Michigan State like, you know, not I'm not a diehard, obviously. I'm not going to say I'm a Michigan State fan, but, uh, you know, watched a lot of them growing up. But – you know, for me, this to me, for Michigan, they're not going to be ranked number one in the country, but they might deserve it. And, and the reason they're not going to be ranked number one is because Georgia had technically the better win. They beat the number one overall team in the country at the time, Tennessee. 
Uh, Ohio State was not ranked number one in the country. So Michigan, even though it was a road win and road teams have terrible records the entire season in top 10 ranked matchups, uh, I believe it was one win the entire season for a road team in a ranked matchup uh, in, within the top 10. So kudos to Michigan. I think they deserve it to be number one. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, and You know, I just don't know. I, I think the Big Ten now runs through Michigan, even though that's kind of hard to say and maybe hard to hear. But Ohio State, now that's two years in a row losing this big game, once at home, once on the road. Uh, and And so for me, Jim Harbaugh looks to be the best coach in the Big Ten, and, and I can see why you want Saban to come in and just shut that all up and embarrass him. But it, the narrative, I think, actually is true for the first time definitively. I mean, two times in a row he beat Ohio State. He looks like the best coach out there, and, and if he's able to get to the national championship, which is likely because they'll be ranked to and have to likely face TCU – they're going to be in that national championship, and Harbaugh has really flipped the script on that on that perception of himself. Yeah, no, he has. I, I got to give him credit for that. I'm still not a fan of him. Um, realistically, at the end of the day, it's going to be Georgia and Michigan in the national championship. It's going to be the case. But just yeah. to, so I'm not like showing that I'm a complete hater on Michigan. How I judge my quarterbacks is their ability to perform. So let's compare Stetson Bennett to JJ McCarthy. Yes, JJ McCarthy can hit the deep ball. He finally showed it. But that is his first big game at Michigan. And when you account for the 240 yards, like 74 yards out of the 240 he, that he thrown, there's actually a progressive of the game. This is where I think why... Didn't I he like start him. last year? He, he came into games every now and then. He had a couple starts here and there, but he split it with the other quarterback. Okay. Yeah, this is his first full year, but this is his first big game where he's shown that he can kind of play. But when you know you hit three plays down the field, 75, 75 yards wide open, 69 yards wide open, 45 yards on a missed tackle wide open down the field. When you account for all your yards on those plays, Stetson Bennett has proved week in and week, week out that he can put 240 on the board too, but he can do it progressively going down the field and driving on teams. That's what I like out of my quarterbacks in order to show they're good. J.J. has yet to prove that to me. He just has yet. To no, and I... And you know, I need him. Yeah, to yeah, I agree. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. I am a hater on Michigan and J.J. McCarthy, but that, that's why I don't really – I'm not sold on J.J. I'm just not. I'm not going to join the team of the media this week that J.J. is the greatest thing on earth right now. <clears throat> no, he is not. It's, uh, you know, well, the book is still out. Uh, so let's move on, though, because we actually have a very limited – uh, the, the college football regular season's over, so we're, we're into a very thin schedule, which means I think we might as well just go through all the games, including Akron and Buffalo. We, we, we'll just mention it, okay? Buffalo's an 11.5-point favorite. It's not a championship game of any sort, but it's being played for some reason. Do you have any opinion? No. Uh, my only opinion on the games this weekend are honestly from the Power 5 conferences, so... You can sit here and analyze them all you want. I oh, really have no, no words on them whatsoever. Um, if you want to hit on Conference USA, though, I have never been more happy to be an FAU fan now that we have fired Willie Taggart. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was great to see. Uh, you know, I was – CJ and I and, and Steve, we, we've been on that, you know, since he got hired. We were always pretty – you know, we were always on alert with Willie Taggart, to say the least. And so – 
we've, we've, we've wanted this to happen for a while, so it's good to see. And by the way, CJ and I are going to be doing a Strictly Sports this week. Uh, for those of you that have been uh, wondering where that is, we're going, to have, we're going to be back at it this week doing a Strictly Sports. It'll be out probably uh, the same day as this, actually. Uh, North Texas and UTSA is that Conference USA Championship. And uh, by the way, it's the last year of this version of the Conference USA. After this, it's going to turn into uh, nothing. Is that rude to say? So uh, let's move on to the Pac-12 Championship game. It will be the number 14 overall Utah Utes. They're 9-3 and three at the number 6 overall USC Trojans. They're 11-1. and one. This game will be played at Allegiant Stadium, the home of the Las Vegas Raiders, and it will be on Fox. So what do you think about this game? Utah, this, this to me, this is this is what it, the situation is for for USC. Uh, USC is three point favorites in this game. They should be. They've had the better season. But if you look outside of their UCLA win and outside of their Notre Dame win, their schedule is very light. And you could argue that this is their most difficult game of the year. I get it that Utah has three losses, but they have three, I guess, quote unquote, good losses, if you will. Um, so. I like this game for USC to kind of prove, okay, if they're going to get into the playoffs, I, I could argue right now that I would like Ohio State in there over USC right now. I like Ohio State's one loss more than I like USC's one loss this year. So USC still has more to prove for me, even though they'll be that. that so, so if they win the conference championship right there against a team like Utah, who started the season ranked in the top 10 and was very heavily favored to win this conference going in, that's a big deal for USC, uh, and I actually think that they will win the game by three, and, and they're going to prove to people Caleb Williams is going to go out. He's going to show out. He's going to prove that he's the Heisman winner this year, uh, and they're going to win that game. Yeah, you're very right about that one loss. You know, USC has, but you got to look. One thing we forgot to kind of mention is Utah's biggest win this year is against USC. Utah, USC's only loss this year is Utah. This is a chance for them to redeem that loss and show that they are a better team. It is very hard to beat two teams in one year. Case in point, the NFL, we see it all the time. You know, you see it in college all the time. That's why Georgia and Alabama have been splitting one-on-one for the last five years or so. You know, so with that being said, let's hammer USC. They're covering the three points this weekend. They're on a roll. They've got better momentum going on going into this game compared to the last time they played Utah. They're a little bit more challenged, a little bit more experienced. USC has a lot on the line. They have to win this in order to get into the playoffs to not open that door for a conversation. But the Pac-12 underperformed the one time they showed up this year against the SEC against Georgia, where Georgia absolutely blew out Oregon. USC has to win this game for the Pac-12 to get into it this weekend. Hammer, USC, three points. Yeah, and, and I wonder, you know, it, this is going to be USC's final time playing in a, in a Pac-12 championship. Uh, it, you know, will, do they want to leave the Pac-12 with a mark and say, hey, we're going to leave this conference as champions and, uh, and do it that way? And another thing is, if they do beat Utah, like you mentioned, that is UC, USC's one loss – they're kind of like an undefeated light team. They will have beat every team that they played uh, at some point, and, and that would be kind of redeeming of that one loss. Um, so that's that game on that Friday night, uh, not Saturday. Uh, then on that Saturday, 12 o'clock on ABC, it'll be the Big 12 championship between Kansas State. They're ranked 12th in the country at 9-3, and three, 
against TCU ranked what will be number three. And by the way, I may be uh, messing up on these rankings as well. I said USC was number six. Uh, ESPN doesn't have the rankings out. So USC, really the number four team in the country. Uh, and then Utah is probably somewhere uh, somewhere else. And I'll look up the, uh, the AP poll from yesterday as well. Uh, probably should have been following that. But USC, of course, number four. Um, and then uh, TCU, number three. Kansas State, I don't know where they're ranked at, but they're nine and three. And this game will be played uh, at AT&T Stadium, the home of the Cowboys. So you can call it neutral site all you want, but TCU, Texas Christian, the game's in Texas. That could mean something for home field advantage too. Uh, TCU is going to win this game, but the line is close at two and a half. We remember the last time these two teams played, it was an offensive shootout. Yeah, and just to kind of mention, we do record. I know we say this every week, but pretty much that we do record on Mondays. The college football committee hasn't come out with their rankings yet officially on um, Tuesday. So we're sitting here calling TCU the number four or five team in the country right now. Um, that's just based on. Okay, they, they did. So realistic. they did. That's the AP, though. That's I'll interrupt. Sorry. So they, they, I see what you're saying. Yeah, college football yeah. ranking. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's the one that really matters at the end of the day, not the AP poll anymore. So that's just so you were at or with our rankings. But, yeah, the last time they played, it was kind of a, uh, a shootout. But Kansas State disappeared in that second half against them. TCU dominated the second half. They were down 28-17 to 17 at halftime and went on to win that game 38-28. Kansas State needs to have a bounce-back game. TCU has been coming back in the second half against games, case in point. This is a must-win for TCU. Everyone is already starting that scenario that TCU doesn't deserve to make the playoffs. They have the one loss going in that should open the door for the Ohio, Ohio State, possibly Alabama. Um, you know, however you think about it, must-win for TCU on that aspect. I like it at two and a half. Give it to me. Hammer at home. I know I just said it's hard to beat teams twice in one year but it's another must-win for TCU. Yeah, and unfortunately for them, they're in a situation they got to win every game, and uh, if they're not a, a conference champion with that one loss, the Big 12 is outside of them, just not that great in terms of records, uh, even though at times this year you were like, oh, well, Oklahoma State can get in, or Baylor, or you know, there, there were other contenders, but in terms of total losses, there's a lot of teams with a lot of L's, Big 12, probably the weakest conference in terms of that. So Kansas State, uh, I mean, uh, TCU, they need to win the championship. Um, like we said, we're going to skip the MAC championship. Toledo at Ohio. Toledo favored by a point and a half. Uh, and then Coastal Carolina at Troy is the Sun Belt championship with Troy favored by 10. This is also uh, going to be another changing year for the for the Sun Belt, which is going to see some, just like the Conference USA, a lot of turnover going into next year. But then, Four o'clock on CBS, the SEC championship game that now has a lot less suspense after LSU choked against Texas A&M. Georgia favored by 17 and a half points. And I'm just going to tell, you know, quick little anecdote here. My work schedule comes out every week. I was pumped a week ago. I didn't know the policy at my job that we get the schedules on Friday. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm not working next Saturday for championship weekend. I had to work through Michigan, Ohio State, which made me very not happy because uh, I missed most of that game. And then I'm like, well, at least I could watch championship weekend. And then I looked at how this weekend played out. LSU lost. 
And I'm just like, and then I was actually scheduled to work during championship weekend. I'm like, I don't care anymore because none of these games are going to be contentious. LSU just blew it against A&M. This SEC championship game is going to be boring. I don't think LSU stands a chance. Uh, and, and any game that I would care about is going to be at night uh, and or on that Friday night when I'll already be off work. So uh, another point separate from this individual game, championship weekend kind of stinks. Um, yeah, well, when you have teams that disappoint, like Clemson, LSU, teams that just drop the ball, you're going to get matchups like that. But leave it to Jimbo Fisher to have a shitty year and to come out and pull out a win when it doesn't matter against technically a number five ranked team in the country at the time. Leave it to Jimbo. Make it look like he's a relevant coach again. But um, just case in point, you're not you're not alone on why you think that George is going to blow them out. This line yesterday, depending on where you were looking, is at 14 and a half. It is now up to 17 and a half. Everyone is on board that George is going to blow them out this weekend. And I agree with that. Snag that line before it closes at 18, 19, 20. Um, I, I personally did because I'm I'm afraid that it's going to hit that. Yeah, and and it, it could get there for sure. I mean, Georgia at that point, Mark, and with what they've done in years past, you know, you could totally see why it would be at that seventeen and a half. Yeah, agreeable. Okay, so on to the AAC championship game. Uh, are you going to touch UCF at Tulane? Tulane favored by three. U- UCF, uh, what was that against USF? It was maybe a case of we're up by so much against a 1-10 team that we're just going to not try in the second half, and then the game almost got away from them, knowing that they already, whether they won or lost, were going to be playing in this game no matter what. Uh, but they did eke it out and win the game. Uh, I still think, listen, this is a game that's very weird because it was just played a few weeks ago and UCF won by a slim margin on the road. Uh, This game in particular is also going to be played at Tulane again uh, because the AAC doesn't play at neutral sites. So it's tough. UCF trying to win on the road twice. Uh, I'll take Tulane in this game uh, and buy that line. I'm going to agree with you. Um, I know I contradicted it earlier, but it's hard to beat a team twice in one year. You're on the road at two, playing Tulane. Give me Tulane and the three points. All right. Uh, Fresno State, Boise State, we're not touching that game either. Uh, Boise State favored by three and a half. Uh, Big Ten championship game. This is another case of how extreme do you want to go? Michigan favored by 16 against Purdue. The game is being played at Lucas Oil like it always is, the home of the Indianapolis Colts. It'll be a night game on Fox on that Saturday. Um, Michigan's going to win, but by how much, Tyler? Yeah, that's the question. How much? Uh, Purdue is a mystery box. You never know what you're going to get. Are you going to get the Purdue that's going to show up and win? Are you going to get the Purdue that shows up and plays? Or are you going to get the Purdue that's deciding to take a nap in the middle of the game? You don't know what you're getting. Or are you going to get the Purdue that beat Hey, or, or are you going to get the Purdue that beat FAU by two points? That's what I mean. Take a nap in the middle of the game. But, um, yeah, <laughs> with that being said, uh, Michigan's still dealing with some running back issues. Uh, 
So they're obviously going to want to run the ball this game. Um, that's their bread and butter. Uh, I mean, they're going to try and come out and let J.J. McCarthy throw the football to kind of avoid that and being exposed that they're injured at the running back position. Um, if J.J. is not hitting 75-yard pass plays the entire game, this could be a close game just because of their injuries at running back. Or Michigan can just show up and play, um, execute essentially, run the football, hit 20-yard pass plays, and move the ball down the field, get a couple scores, and Purdue checks out. Could be that. That's why I'm avoiding this game right now, just because I don't trust Purdue at all. All right, and the final game of the week for college football. Uh, and, and by the way, I, I'm going to kind of go with a no-touch for this game. I, you never know how hard Michigan's going to try if they're up by a certain amount at a certain point in the game. Uh, but here's a game, the final one, the ACC championship game, Clemson and North Carolina. Uh, this game will be played at Bank of America Stadium, uh, the home of the Carolina Panthers. So you have a team from North Carolina, from South Carolina. Uh, and that stadium is going to be split blue and orange uh, pretty straight down the middle there. Um, but we, we got to be disappointed by both teams after last week. Clemson blown it, North, uh, North Carolina blown it against NC State, and now they got to face each other here in this championship game. Uh, that doesn't really mean much. Yeah, it really doesn't mean too much. I mean, it means something, ACC champ, but for what? Clemson blew it last weekend. They look disappointed. Dabble looks like he has an egotistical and doesn't want to com- uh, convert to the modern era. North Carolina's offense has been sus for two weeks. I would love to take North Carolina in this game, but at the moment I am avoiding this game just because North Carolina's offense is non-existent at the current moment. And their defense is obviously their defense. The same story as all year. It doesn't exist. Yeah, and I don't like the line either. Seven and a half is too generous for a Clemson team that, uh, I mean, what are they? We, we don't really know what they were the entire season. Quarterback issues for a team ranked in the top ten consistently that's in a championship game. It's weird. It was a weird year for Clemson, and they're, they're going to have a reset because they're going to have to figure out the quarterback position. Um, and and they thought that they would have a nice transition between Deshaun and uh, and this guy, but they didn't win a championship after Deshaun. So uh, things are going to have to change out there in Clemson uh, for sure. So let's move on now to the NFL. And last week was crazy. Your Bucks lost to the Cleveland Browns on the road, uh, and they are going to go into this week facing the New Orleans Saints at home on Monday Night Football. And we're just going to start there because, Tyler, you and I are going to this game. We're going to be there in person. The Bucks favored by three and a half against a team in the regular season that historically Tom Brady's Bucks struggle against. They beat them in the postseason and have one regular season win against them all time, which I believe was this year or last year. Actually, this year, right? Um, so the Bucks are five and six. It's not a good look. They're not looking great on offense. Tristan Wirfs is is injured right now. The X-rays were negative. Fournette. Uh, not looking good injury-wise as well. They've lost a lot on D. Everyone knows the storylines with the Bucks. Brady's old. Is he motivated emotionally? Uh, bah, bah, bah. But they're going to make the playoffs because they're in a bad division. But this is a game that you still need to have. Uh, you don't want to fall to 5-7 and seven and be tied with the Falcons. You want to kind of gain ground on them when you could. You could have done it against the Browns and you didn't. You definitely want to do it here at home uh, at a night game, prime time. Yeah. Um, Vegas is making a killing right now on making the Bucks a favorite every single week and having to pay out the money lines every single week. Uh, Vegas is 
kind of screwed themselves. I don't know why they keep making them the favorites, but yeah, I have no play on this because uh, I have no faith in the box right now. Wow. All right. So a no touch on the Bucks game. I, I mean, I'm going to touch it. I, I think the Bucks will win by that uh, amount. Sorry about that. I had to pause the pod there for a second. But yeah, I'm going Bucks in this game. I think this is a game where the Saints don't score a lot of points. This could be a game where the Bucks defense starts to kind of form together late in the season. Uh, you you got to take this game too because they have some tough games ahead of this as well. So you want to get a win in a game where you're favored. Um, there's pressure on this game. Uh, I like the Bucks in it and for them to win by that amount. Uh, so let's go to the Thursday game. Bills at Patriots, Thursday night football. Is this a touch for you? Bills favored by five. Uh, the Thanksgiving game for Buffalo was looking kind of shaky there. I mean, they won by a field goal against a Lions team that plays well offensively at home that just beat the over 500 New York Giants. So the Lions are not the typical bad record team. But still, the Bills have not looked like the Bills that they were projected to be. Von Miller's injured now, and now you're going into New England against a tough defense. This is not a for sure thing. Uh, I might even take New England to cover here. Um, at the current moment, it's a no play for me, but I am leaning New England just because of um, the Bills. I haven't really been covering too much lately. I don't, you know. I feel like they struggle against the Patriots usually too. So, like, I'm leaning Patriots, but I'm not taking them yet. All right, so let's move on to Commanders Giants. Commanders favored by two and a half, and this is very important. This is telling you that Vegas, in a very tight race, the Commanders are seven and five, the Giants are seven and four. The Commanders' next two games for them are both against the Giants because they have a bye week in between. The Giants go, <coughs> excuse me, they go Commanders at home, Philadelphia, Commanders on the road. To me, Washington being favored on the road by two and a half tells you what Vegas thinks of these two teams. And the Giants have been on a downtrend. Washington's been going up. They have the, some sort of a feel to them with uh, the swag of Terry McLaurin right now at wide receiver. Gibson's starting to get going. And they're really rallying again for the second season in a row behind Taylor Heineke. Um, I, I think the Giants are falling, but I still – this is a no-touch for me just because of my emotional tie to the game. Uh, it's a no-touch for me. Um, it's two teams that are, you know, 7-4, seven, 7-5, seven, having good seasons, but how good are they? Um, to your point, the Giants are kind of on a downturn. Commanders are on an upturn right now. Are they really a 7-5? Seven, seven win team or are they kind of struggling right and that's what we'll find out this week i mean they're going to be and again they're going to face the eagles twice not twice in three weeks but they get the eagles after this week and then later in the season so there's losses in there they also get minnesota uh which is very crucial for the wild card loss or excuse me for the wild card race that seattle lost to vegas for both washington and new york that they needed Seattle to lose because Seattle's schedule is very beneficial. Moving forward, that you can kind of project them to get 10 wins very likely or maybe even 11, whereas the Giants are kind of pushing for that 10 wins. Same thing with the Commanders. Can they maybe get to 10 or 11, whereas Seattle looks like more of a sure thing. You got Pittsburgh and Atlanta. Atlanta favored by a point and a half. I got to tell you, I like the way Pittsburgh's been playing. 
I think Atlanta was a bit of an aberration in the first half of the season. Uh, they are at home in this game, but I like Kenny Pickett, and I think the Steelers will come back and, and at least cover in this game. And a cover actually wouldn't mean a win. Uh, it's a no touch for me. Um, I just don't care about this game, to be honest. Uh, the game I do like it in the 1 o'clock slot is the Jets at the Vikings. They keep giving me low lines on the Vikings, and they keep covering them. I'm going to take the Vikings. That, that's an absurd line. I mean, I get what, what, what White just did as quarterback for the Jets against uh, uh, in their last game, but the Vikings being favored by three at home against the Jets, I don't like – I mean, the, the, the Vikings might win by a lot more than that, and that's no offense on the Jets. I get that they have a good defense, and Sauce Gardner is, is top of the pack there in terms of cornerbacks, but uh, Minnesota's Minnesota right now, and for a young Jet team to go into that environment, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, I'm with you, though. I'm not – actually, you know what? How are you not touching Packers at Bears? I mean, I don't care what Aaron Rodgers is going through right now. He always beats the Bears. They're favored by three on the road. Uh, I do like that game, too, because is Justin Fields still out for this game or is he going to be back? Um, either ways, I think the Bear- Packers finally have a bounce-back win and they cover on that one, too. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. Jordan Love, do they play him? What's going to happen with that? Uh, Titans at Eagles. The Eagles favored by five and a half. I, I, I'm, I might even take that line. The, the Titans don't win big games, especially not on the road. Uh, they, this, this looks like a blowout type territory game for me. And I don't even think the Eagles are that type of team. Uh, I think they're very overrated 10 and one, but the Titans don't win big games. Uh, I hate the Titans. We all know that. I've said it multiple times on the on this pod at this point. Um, but I'm not playing that game at the current moment. I would lean the Eagles, though. Uh, you buffered there for a second. Just to repeat yourself real quick. Uh, I would lean the Eagles. I hate Tennessee. Always have. Probably always will. But not playing that one at the current moment. I'm leaning Eagles, though. But um, sticking that one All right. spot, the one I am playing, Lions. One, one point favorite. They covered last weekend for me. Uh, well, Thanksgiving last Thursday for me. But uh, I like the Lions in this game. Jet, um, Jaguars coming off an emotional last-second win. Give me the Lions at home. They're good on offense at home, to your point that you said earlier. Give me the Lions. That's a no-touch because I could feel it going either way. It's two young teams. One's on the road. Like you say, you're coming off an emotional high. It's almost like a college football team coming back that next week. You, you never know what you're going to get. Detroit only losing by a field goal to Buffalo is very impressive. So we'll see what they do. And it's a no-touch for me. Broncos at Ravens is a no-touch. Baltimore just, what are you going to get week to week? They blow all these leads in the second half by double, double digits. Uh, but then on the other side, R- Russell Wilson can't score. He can't throw right now. He can't move around. Uh, it's pretty abysmal for him. Ravens are favored by eight at home. And I, I don't even know what to think about that line. Um, I think Vegas has saw that trend that we mentioned last week, that there are more toilets in his house than that he has passing touchdowns for the season. That's the Broncos season. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, bad. I mean, uh, it, it really is bad uh, for him. So then, this game, it's going to be the game of the week in terms of 
social media and controversy and, uh, you know, yeah, uh, that stuff. One o'clock on CBS, Deshaun Watson making his season debut against the Houston Texans in Houston. The Texans are 1-9-1. and one. The Browns are 4-7. and seven. The Browns are favored by seven in this game. They're coming off the win against the Bucs in OT at home. And let me say this. I texted this to you. You look at the Browns' schedule coming up, and you look at what they've done this season. You look at their seven losses as well. In all of their losses, they've only had one loss, two losses, excuse me. So five of their seven losses have been one possession or very close to one possession losses uh, against good teams as well. They've had upset wins this year and everything like that. If you look at the Browns' schedule coming up, we can basically admit they are already 5-7 and seven before this game starts. Then they are going to go on the road to face Cincinnati. Then they're going to face Baltimore at home that just blew another game against Jacksonville, and we don't know what they are. Then they get the Saints, the Commanders, and the Steelers to finish out the season. And they're going to go to Pittsburgh, not host Pittsburgh, and they lost to Pittsburgh to open the season. There is a legitimate chance that best-case scenario, if Watson can come in here, split against the Bengals and Browns, excuse me, against the, uh, the, the, uh, the Bengals and the Ravens, and win all the other games, which is fairly reasonable. And, you know, the Commanders are a playoff contender. I get it. They could be a 9-8 and eight team with Deshaun Watson, who people forget when he got suspended. Take away all the controversy. This dude's a top-five quarterback in this league, and everyone forgot about him. Does he come back right away and be that guy? That's what we're going to have to see. I'm just saying the chances there with their schedule and with the, how they played with Brissett and their you know one possession losses with Brissett in there is Watson that difference to put them over the top moving forward. The line at seven scares me with the fact that Sean hasn't played in two years, but the Texans haven't played a close game since October. Give me the line. I'm going to take it at seven. Cleveland wins this game. Wow. And that's pretty bold of you. You don't usually take games like this, especially with a four and seven going in favored by seven, but it has those vibes. I mean, Houston played really terribly last week. The only reason they got in that game was because Miami just said, we're, we're taking a break in this game. We're up 30 to nothing. Um, Seahawks at Rams. Seahawks favored by five. I think they'll win this game. The Rams are just, uh, I mean, listen, the line for that game against the Chiefs, the Chiefs were favored by 15 and a half. They won by 16, and that that line actually came true. And Seattle just came off a offensive shootout, 40 to 34 loss in OT against the Raiders. So we know they can score points. The Rams have an immense problem with that, and I think Seattle wins this game, and they cover that line. I think it should be higher. Uh I'm going to have to agree with you. The Seahawks are going to win this game. They have something that the Rams do not have in offense. The ability to score points. We keep saying every week, can the Rams show up and play? Stafford's been out. He's been injured. Coming back. You know, whatnot. Give me the Rams. They actually can score points down the field when they figured out how they score a touchdown. The Rams have yet to figure out this year. Yeah, and and also Allen Robinson's now out for the season, so... Uh, you know, you take away that deep threat and that offense is just completely, uh, there's not a lot outside of Cooper Cup in L.A. Chief, uh, excuse me, Dolphins at 49ers. This is the game of the week. 405 on Fox, Niners favored by three and a half. 
This is going to be Miami's, in my opinion, this is Miami's toughest game of the season. They have to go out to the other side of the country on the road. Mike McDaniel's going to have to face his former, you know, he was the assistant to Kyle Shanahan last year in San Francisco. So these two know each other. Um, I said, though, San Francisco is going to run the table, and I'm going to stick by that. I think they're the best team in the NFL right now. I know that's a bold take. I think they are, and I think they win this game. Okay. Yeah, I know that they had a tough game last weekend against the Saints. Uh, you look at the. I mean, and excuse me, lot. excuse me. I meant NFC. I meant I said NFL. Yeah, uh, NFC. Still, either ways, I'll give it to you. Um, the 49ers, it feels like the games that are big for them, they show up and play. The games that are, you know, eh, like the Saints last weekend, they sleepwalk it. This is a big game for them. Give me the 49ers on three and a half points. Yeah, because Miami's got to lose one. Like, Tua himself is undefeated. He's got to lose eventually. They got the Chargers after that. They got the Bills after that. Then the Packers. Then Bill Belichick. Then the Jets, who are doing what they're doing this year. It's not the Jets of old in the final week of the season. They could be trying to play for a playoff spot out there. The Jets will in that final week. So the Dolphins don't get a break. Like I said, I think it's the toughest game. But, you know, they've had tough games. Right, but without Tua, so I, I can't judge them losing to Cincinnati on the road, losing to the Jets on the road, uh, and losing to Minnesota at home when they didn't have Tua. I, I just those would have been maybe the toughest games based on those other teams' resumes. But with Tua Tagovailoa in there facing the 49ers, this is the biggest game for him. And, and, but again, he's got to lose eventually. He's undefeated this year. Uh, so let's move on to the other biggest game of the week: Chiefs at Bengals. And the Bengals need this game a lot more than the Chiefs do. The Bengals have a very difficult schedule down the stretch. The wild card race is tight in the AFC. And the win last week for Cincinnati was really timely. They needed that one, too, after their sluggish start to the season. The Chiefs are favored by two and a half. I can see why. Mahomes is playing an MVP level right now. He's just insane. But Joe Burrow is, too. I think I like Cincinnati. I will be rooting for Cincinnati in this game. Um, I got a lot of fantasy going on with this. This locks me in as the number one seed in fantasy this weekend if they win. Because that means they're going to have production from all their star players, etc., etc. However, I like Kansas City in this game. I think they're, they got an offense where they could spread you out. They're clicking. They're efficient on offense. Give me Kansas City. All right, we'll disagree there. Chargers-Raiders, Chargers favored by two on the road in Vegas, a game that both teams obviously need. Uh, we, we, we've been saying it every week with the Raiders. If they lose this game, they're done. It's another game where you have that last little morsel of hope, and the AFC is stacked with that playoff race. Um, we're really talking about last morsel of hope right now for them. And I still think the Chargers win this game because they also – need every game right now in that AFC wildcard race. Them and the Patriots are 6-5 and five right now, uh, and they went with a very ballsy way to win that Arizona game. I almost wish it failed because it was just another example of Brandon Staley being completely inept in the final seconds of games. If they had not won right there, that's terrible. I mean, that's embarrassing if they had lost in that fashion to Arizona. Uh, but I do think they beat the Raiders, and they get revenge for that terrible ending to last season. 
we're gonna have to disagree on this one too. Um, this is more of a personal reason, though. The Chargers have very been disappointing to me all season. I had high hopes for them. I put some, you know, wagers on that aspect a little bit. So give me the give me the Raiders. They had a good win last weekend. They showed up finally on their offense and started executing again. Give me the Raiders. All right, I like it. Colts at Cowboys Sunday Night Football. Um, not gonna watch. Cowboys are favored by nine and a half. I don't think the Colts stand a chance. It's no touch for me. I just, I don't know how much Dallas wins by. Jeff Saturday's been a wild card. I mean, they they only lost to Philadelphia by one. So you know, I, I I'm not touching it. I don't think they win the game, but I I don't know how much they'll lose by for sure. Uh, yeah, it's another prime time Sunday night game. I will not be watching. Um, therefore, I have no interest in playing anything. Is why would I want to play something I have no interest in watching? Yeah, no, that's fair, and that and that's a good tip in general. You don't want to bet things that you're not invested in. But uh, as far as NHL goes, last week the only thing I remember saying correctly was the Devils' winning streak ending against the Toronto Maple Leafs and them not getting the historic franchise record. So, yeah, that, that's the only thing I remember saying correctly last week for the NHL was saying that the Devils winning streak would end. But other than that, I, I just, you know, predicting the NHL in turn when we do this weekly, it's a little bit difficult. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes there. But uh, college basketball, uh, we don't have much there as well. But Tyler was uh, do you remember if any of your picks from last week were uh, were, were accurate? You know, it's all right. And, and it was a little bumpy there on the audio, but Tyler's basically, I think from what I understood, was uh, UNC with the tough loss against Alabama. Um, you know, you kind of thought that they were going to win that game, but uh, they didn't. And that's kind of a shocker, honestly, uh, this early into the season for that to happen. But, uh, you know, college basketball, long season, it's going to happen. So uh, we'll have some more picks on that next week. We'll go deeper in the NHL as well. No UFC either this week, so we'll, uh, we'll wait a little bit on that. Uh, and uh, Strictly Sports will be back this week. Strictly Baseball as well. Jose Abreu just signed with the Astros. Rory and I will for sure talk about that uh, on the next episode. And, uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week. You can check us out on Twitter at Strictly Sports P, on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Productions. And our podcast is available on any podcast platform. For Tyler Fabian, I'm Jacob Brown, and we will see you next week. <laughs>